Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hi, Loria. How are you today? Hi there. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm really excited to chat with you. I've been a fan and a follower for a while now, and I'm so happy you said yes to this. So thank you. Well, it is my pleasure because I'm inspired by you. So feelings mutual. So before we dive into the conversation, please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do. Okay. My name is Loria Stern, and I am a chef and a baker, and I'm based out of Los Angeles, California. And I probably am most known for my edible flour pressed shortbread cookies. Yes, that me and my toddler just finished snacking on. She is so in love with them. She thinks it's really cool that there's flowers on them. I'm sure that everyone does, toddlers and adults. So of course, I want to talk about like how you stepped into being a chef and what inspired you to incorporate flowers in your baked goods. All right. Well, let's see. I've always been cooking since I was young. My mom was a terrific cook growing up. So I would always want to help her in the kitchen. And by the age of 10, I was like making the whole Thanksgiving meal by myself. And my mom would kind of just check in on me. I remember that. So I was pretty good in the kitchen from a young age, but uh, I didn't know that I wanted to make it a career until about 2012, probably. That's when I knew that, okay, I'm kind of interested and serious in, in working with food for you know a living. It started, let's see, my first culinary, professional culinary job was in 2010 at a vegan cafe in Ojai, California. That's also where I grew up. So that was my first real job getting paid. I was a veggie prep chef. So I would get there at seven in the morning and prep all the veggies. And it was great because the cafe used all organic, really high quality produce. So I loved that aspect. And I would get a free meal. So it was just great for me for those eight months that I ended up working there. And then let's see, I guess I just started, I continued, you know, just experimenting in the kitchen and I started having just fun making cakes and I was teaching myself all on YouTube. And then a friend of mine was getting married and then asked me to make her wedding cake. And I had such a great experience doing that, that I decided this is going to be my career. I'm going to be a fancy wedding cake designer. So I ended up moving to New York to Well, actually, I was dating somebody at the time, so I followed him to the East Coast (laughs) and and then just stalked a bunch of different really fancy cake designers like Ron Ben Israel, where, you know, they're making pastillage flowers out of sugar paste and, you know, the cakes start at like 10K or something crazy. So I was, you know, stalking all these different places and no one was returning my, like, (laughs) my call. So I needed to get a job. So I just started working at a number of different restaurants and bakeries and cafe in New York, including like the White Hotel as a pastry chef, Milk Bar, Ovenly, and, you know, a handful of others. And none of those were the right fit until I realized that I should apply for a job at the bakery that I was going to every morning for coffee, which was called Bakery in Brooklyn. And they were a woman-owned European-style bakery. So I ended up really connecting with the owner and got a job there. And I ended up working there for about two years. So that was 
probably my biggest professional training in the culinary world. But in terms of the edible flowers in my baked goods and my, you know, just my creations, that came about when I was working as a pastry chef at a high-end hotel while also enrolled in an adult ed medicinal plant class. And I would walk around with this group of mostly adults over the age of 60, I would say. And this is when I was like 27. Um, And we would go around hikes up Southern California and the professor would identify different edible plants and medicinal plants and tell us histories about these plants and, you know, why they're forgotten, where they came from, what the natives of the land would do with the plant. And that did and still does inspire me so much. And I find it just so interesting. So it was kind of that knowledge that I was learning and also, you know, the knowledge of learning these like fancy French pastry techniques. And so it was like kind of those things in tandem that I just decided to combine. So that was back in 2012. I started toying with those different elements together. And then it wasn't until 2015 that I started pressing the flowers onto the cookies and that became like, you know, its own thing. It's a beautiful thing. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's exciting. It's like, I mean, it was never planned, but now I find myself owning, you know, a pretty successful bakery business. So it's exciting for sure. I think that's how like the best things come to be too, right? The things that that weren't necessarily, you know, planned, but instead they kind of fell in our laps because of our passion, because of our drive and our creative hearts rather. So I want to talk about that a little bit and what brings you joy as you're working with flowers. And I know you pick them from your garden and it's a process from start to finish. You're offering your customers and your clients this true experience. Like just, I've ordered from you a couple of times and just getting the cookies in the mail and opening the package. It's just a beautiful experience. It really does take, it really does just take a minute to pause and appreciate like what's in front of you, even though you're going to eat them and they're, you know, delicious. It's like, wow, like this is stunning. So what has flowers taught you about like creation and also community? First of all, that's so nice. You are too sweet. Thank you so much. That really makes me happy because there's nothing more that I love to do than feeding people. Not just feeding people, but having people really be happy with what I'm feeding them really takes me over the top. So anyway, thank you for that. But let's see about the process. I mean, yeah, this is not quick process. It's not something that can easily be scaled or can eat, you know, it's almost like a, I don't know, it sounds silly, but it's like kind of a spiritual process in some ways for me just to watch the flowers, see, like I tend a lot of them myself, not all of them because I am selling so many cookies, but I am growing a lot of them by myself and watching them grow from a seedling to, you know, a full bloomed bush, you know, yielding hundreds of flowers a week and then discovering how to press them into the cookies and then to design them with other herbs. It's definitely, it's a lengthy process, but it brings me a lot of peace and calm, I would say. So, you know, when I'm working most of the time when I don't have, you know, thousands of cookies to make in a week, Mm -hmm. um, most of the time when I'm decorating the cookies, it's kind of like a meditation. 
for me. And same with pressing the flowers. And I compare that art to similar to dyeing clothes because you don't know exactly how it's going to turn out. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like it it, it just depends what time of day you pick the flower, you know, how much moisture is in the flower at that time when you start pressing it and how long you leave them into the books. And because I press them literally in books. So that also takes several weeks to come to fruition, but it's really fun for me. It's not just like work yeah. so much, you know, it's a meditative process. I was going to ask that too, just like finding meditation in making with flowers and in that process. I definitely want to ask how that is for you because I know, you know, I've seen a lot of people be inspired by what you're offering and they're offering versions of their own, but it's like, it's not quite your cookie, right? And it's like, thank you. And I think that's really, you know, just important to put out there because while everyone's process is different, most of the time, the originators of the thing that catches on, we have a different lens that we're looking through. So I would love to just talk with you a little bit about how flowers the process of pressing them and incorporating them on the cakes that you make and in the cookies that you make creates a ritual and a meditation for you from kind of start to finish, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, it's a meditation in that it takes time and it's Mm. not like an immediate sort of fulfillment, if that makes sense. Like from the start to growing the flowers to then processing them onto a cake, which requires three weeks of pressing them in heavy books and then keeping track of which ones I pressed when. (laughs) And then also discovering different techniques to use for each individual flower on the cookies. So I end up pressing the flowers fresh on the cookies and then bake them. But different flowers require different techniques. And since I have been doing this probably longer than anyone else, and I've made the most of them, I would argue (laughs) that I know how they behave, like how the flowers and the herbs behave in the dough. And I've developed, you know, different little tricks for each to stay the brightest and stick to the cookie. And then I've also developed some like little signature designs, I would say. And I attribute that to taking a lot of art classes growing up. So uh, I think that has to do with my eye, if you want to call it that. Um, (laughs) And the art of pressing them, Mm -hmm. the art of you know, making each cookie like look like its own little art piece. Mm, I love that because that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Its own little gallery almost is what I would say just as a customer because that is how it presents and it's such an awesome experience. I want to shift gears just a little bit and talk about your self-care practice as a business owner, especially as we move through the pandemic and all of the things that are going on in the world. How are you leaning in and taking care of yourself and finding moments of meditation and coming home to yourself outside of baking and providing for other people? How are you providing for yourself these days? That's a great question. And that's also something that I have made a point of doing better at taking care of myself this year, actually, before the pandemic and and all the things that came with the pandemic. I decided this year, I'm really going to put more energy into taking care of myself and more care. So I would say for me, I grew up playing tennis and I played collegiate tennis and some semi-pro tennis tournaments after college. So for me, just Wedding and being active is really important for my mental well-being. So this year I decided to play more tennis 
which I am doing, and also go on long walks. So not as much running, which tends to be tough on the body, but like just a nice long walk at a good pace, I would say. So I try to do those things at least three to four times a week, which, you know, you really, it's like almost a luxury to do those things when you're so busy, but I am, you know, kind of holding myself to doing, Mm. to doing those things because I know how much better it makes me feel. But in other ways, you know, taking baths, oh my gosh, the best. And I ran out of Epsom salt last week and I decided to just try kosher salt in the bath. And you know what? It worked great. So little <laughs> tip for everybody. <laughs> just go into your pantry next time. And then otherwise, you know, just buying some better products. I'm 36 years old. I, you know, it's time to take care of my skin. And so I decided to treat myself to some not crazy, you know, expensive creams because before it was just like washing my face and that's it, you know, maybe a little <laughs> But now it's like, okay, let's let's up the ante on some of these things. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So to round off our conversation, I have two more questions. And the first one is, do you remember making your first cake with your flowers and how that made you feel or even like your first big order? Like, do you remember feeling like, wow, this is it. This is sticking and this is what people want. Mm -hmm. I remember making one in 2000, I think. It was around the time that I started making the cookies. So that same year, like 2015, I just remember thinking it was so cute. I was just like, oh, it's just so cute. That's all I thought. And <laughs> and it, it did kind of give me this like nostalgic feel of almost like a 18th century Victorian love story or something like that, you know, and it's just, it made me like think, oh, this is charming. I didn't really think it was going to become a huge hit, but they did. So that was cool. But in terms of the cookies, the cookies, you know, I was posting them on my Instagram. I would get certain people emailing me, oh, can I buy these? And I thought, yeah, of course. Like, you know, how many dozen do you want? But then I remember that this really cool DJ, Harley Vera Newton, is her name. She was getting married and she wanted the cookies at her wedding and her wedding was being covered by Vogue. And that's kind of when I knew, okay, like these are cool. Like there's something going on here. And then when I put them, then I thought, okay, I'm going to get a website where I can sell things. So I changed servers and I got a Squarespace and I put the cookies up for sale on my website and without advertising or anything. I got 20 orders in like the course of a couple of days. And then I was just like, all right, this is a real thing. And mm. four years later, I'm still trying to figure out the packaging and, and how to... <laughs> how to teach other people how to make them so I'm not doing every single one by myself and yeah so it's definitely a process and I'm still in it but I feel beyond grateful because you know I get to do what I love to do every day Mm, I love that and I think that's so important to share too you know like it's not always even when you see people as an outsider looking in folks especially with successful businesses and like doing the things that they love for a living it can be so easy for folks to be like oh they have it all figured out they have it all together and nine times out of ten like we don't (laughs) we're still (laughs) no 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 (laughs) yeah exactly that needs to be it no 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 (laughs) 
Yeah, always a work in progress. Always a work in progress. No, absolutely. And, you know, I feature a lot of women-owned businesses on this show because we all have these unique experiences and stories. But one thing that stays true is like, we're always a work in progress. There's always something else to learn and not not even to perfect, but like just to try differently. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. That and it's like, you know, when you own your own business, you know, at the beginning, I was making all the cookies and then it gets to the point where there's too many ordered. And now, you know, you're managing helpers. And then at the end of the day, you're not even doing what you started. Now I'm doing 20 other things rather than just making the cookies. So it's like your role is constantly shifting. And then which means you're constantly adjusting and trying to learn as you go new ways, new things, you know, and do what you've never been taught to do. No one's ever told me how to figure out great packaging to ship cross country of baked goods, you know? So it's like, okay. Yeah. So anyway, it's just, it's absolutely work in progress. (laughs) So to round off our conversation, I definitely want to ask what affirmation would you tell your younger self if you could mentor her today? Oh, my younger self. She's so sweet and cute, right? (laughs) Um, She's so naive. She tried hard. I would say to my younger self to not be so hard on myself, to just give myself a break and to not judge myself so much. I was really hard on myself. I still am at times, but that's pointless and not, I mean, it's constructive sometimes, but when it doesn't let you progress, then it doesn't serve you or anybody else, you know? So I would say not to be so hard on myself and and to just, you know, keep experimenting, keep trying, keep having a great attitude. Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai. The Hey Girl podcast is produced by Wayne Bertram and me, Alex L.